Before we start today's Beef Watch podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a listener. During the month of November, the Nebraska Extension Beef Team is asking for your feedback on the podcast. What content has been most valuable to you? And what topics would you like to see discussed in the future? If you'd be willing to take a few minutes to fill out a brief survey, we'd really appreciate it. The survey can be found at beef.unl.edu, and it's located there at the top of the homepage. Thanks again for being willing to do that for us. We really appreciate your feedback, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch Newsletter titled Feeding Ionophores and Mineral Supplements. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Lindsay Wachter-Mead, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator and also a veterinarian. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Well, as we look at this time of year, it's fall and we're looking at calves coming into backgrounding yards. We're also looking at cattle to being supplemented out on corn stalks or on pasture. One of the things that particularly we might use in a way to stretch feed resources is an ionophore. Those can sometimes be purchased with mineral supplements. And in this article, you highlight the importance of understanding that we get the right level of an ionophore into the animals consistently to make sure we're doing that at a safe and labeled way. Talk through with us the importance of understanding ionophores and their use in mineral supplements so that we make sure we utilize those correctly. Yeah, so so first of all, ionophores, there's different ones on the market. The one we'll mainly talk about that we do talk about in the article is rumensin. But like you had mentioned, these are these are normally used to increase feed efficiency. And we're we're basically trying to get some some weight gain on these calves with by, you know, not having to eat as much, basically. So there's also a label for uh, ionophores that you can do to prevent bloat or acidosis, and then also for um, coccidiosis control. So it does have different different properties, which is beneficial to us um, in the industry. What they do is is basically ionophores are going to change the way that the rumen ferments. So they're they're taking the bacteria and the microflora that's in that rumen, and they're they're helping us to to the, the good kind that's going to increase the efficiencies. And then they they definitely help increase that amount of propionate, which which also helps gives us extra energy too. So overall, they're they're just really making a feed resource so more efficient. So let's talk about the importance of the level of supplementation, especially thinking about monensin. How do we make sure we're at the right level with that? So the, the level for monensin right now is that it's labeled for an increase of body weight gain and prevention of coccidiosis. It's a really big range, actually. It's 50 to 200 micrograms per head per day. Um, so that's what the label will say. If you talk about a lethal dose, when we, when we get into a really high amount, it, it really exponentially increases. So we go anywhere from eight and a half to 42 times greater so that, that can be anywhere from uh, 2.5 migs per pound per, per body weight um, up to 12 milligrams per pound of body weight. So the range is, is really large. However, when you think about the very small amount of monensin that we're putting into large, um, you know, large feed rations, 
it's easy for that to not get mixed up properly. And this is where we run into issues. If we don't get that menensin completely, um, you know, mixed through the entire ration or the mineral uh, and one calf comes up and takes a big meal off of it, then we can potentially get that 42 times the safe range. And that's when we start to see the toxicity issues. In the article, you talk about just the importance of understanding the label, making sure you are getting a good mix. Walk through with us some principles to think through and understand to make sure we avoid toxicity possibilities. So really the simple thing to do is to to read your label and to see what the dose is coming from your feed store, where you're getting it, and then understanding you know, an average size of your calves, um, you can calculate out how much they, they would be a toxic dose. And if you have questions with that, you can definitely ask, you know, your, your nutritionist or your veterinarian. But if you follow the label dose on there, again, these, you know, ionophores are a great resource for us to help increase that feed efficiency and we should be fine. But just ensuring if you're, you know, where that mix is coming from, that we get the, we get it mixed in properly, that we don't have that issue where maybe we, you know, have that toxic dose of one meal. We realize that at times mistakes can be made. And what are some things we need to look for if we're beginning to suspect, hey, something's happened that should not have. And maybe we have some animals that are sick or dying. How do we identify that potentially we're looking at a toxicity issue with one of these ionophores? Yeah. And that's a good point because it can, it can be kind of tricky. So clinical signs, you know, to, to diagnose a toxicity in ionophores, it would be very variable again. So because our lethal dose is such a high range, that kind of leads to different clinical signs. The, the first thing that we notice is going to be that maybe those calves are, are anorexic or they're off feed. Potentially you'll notice that the bunk didn't get cleaned from the morning feeding. Um, and then it takes some time for that to kind of show more clinical signs. So usually the anorexia or the off feed takes about 12 hours that you start to see that. But then we actually do not see death loss from true toxicity cases until we get to at least three days after exposure. But some animals won't even have clinical signs. They could look completely healthy. And then you'll notice you might have some that you're starting to lose with peak death loss happening um, between five and 10 days. But mainly digestive system is going to be the first thing. So they're anorexic. You might notice some diarrhea. And sometimes it's transient. So it, it you know, it just might clear itself within that 12 hours. And then you'll start to unfortunately see that death loss. So it does hit, hit producers off guard. And the other thing too, you know, the way that the toxicity works is that it actually affects muscle cells. So the heart is a muscle. So you'll start to see some cardiac failure um, signs, possibly breathing hard, maybe some coughing also just really weak. Those could, those could be signs, but again, those are signs of lots of different conditions. So it can be difficult to diagnose. And the last part about that with the diagnosing is because it is so prolonged before we notice that we have an issue, we wouldn't necessarily have a way to do a good diagnosis uh, like shoot side because if if the calves haven't been eating um, and they've been anorexic, then we aren't going to be able to find those signs of uh, rumensin in their rumen contents. So potentially if you're doing a necropsy or you're posting that calf, you know, it's, it's good to collect those samples, but they may not even be there. So it is, it can be tricky and it takes, it takes the whole picture looking at it, you know, healthy calves and sick calves, uh, your feeding schedule. And then also if you're having any uh, necropsy samples to help diagnose it. Also, might there be a situation where we want to go back and look at the batch feeding? And I realize we may not have any samples there, but at least go back and look at if we're adding a supplement, making sure that that supplement 
was manufactured correctly, that, that there wasn't a mistake made prior to our receiving it. Oh, definitely. So that, yeah, that's again, part of the whole picture. So we just, when you have a, an issue that's, you know, kind of a, a disaster issue at the time, you, you want to backpedal. And that has to be one of the concerns. And, and one of the things you look at is when was it mixed and what labeled dose were we using? It, it doesn't hurt to try and get a sample if you have it, you know, if, if it's in the mineral and you, you have the same batch available, by all means, test it. If you're talking about mixing it into a feed ration, there's, there's a potential that you know, that was the ration that was fed and it was a one-time issue and that happened three days ago. So we may not see it in that, but it's definitely something to look at just in case there is a clue there. Anything else on this topic, Lindsay, you think would be valuable as producers evaluate and think about using Monensin or other products as we think about that for this fall and winter? So the one thing too is I have had people ask me if they have cattle that survive a toxicity issue so there is a potential that maybe it wasn't enough to cause a, a death loss, but we have some side effects. And those cattle are, are definitely going to be poor performing. If you think about the, the cardiac issue, if they, they might have, you know, chronic heart failure issues or um, weakness. So, so in long term, you know, it, those aren't something that we'd want to possibly, you don't want to keep a replacement heifer or something out of those. So if that's something that you can salvage, that would be a benefit. But again, if you have any questions, um, you know, about what you're feeding, because you know, ionophores are very safe and when, when it's fed properly and it's, it's a great benefit to us as an industry. So if you have any questions, you know, reach out to a trusted professional, your veterinarian, uh, an extension professional, your nutritionist, and we can get the right dose in there so that you're, you're able to utilize this product. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Have a great day. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article, Feeding Ionophores and Mineral Supplements.